welcome to Women Tech Talk and thanks for joining us. I'm Valentina, co-founder of MicroSearch, a niche tech recruitment company that focuses on helping startups to SME businesses scale successful tech teams that are building innovative products. We've created the initiative because we want to change the diversity and gender gap for women within the tech industry. So we want to show young women and women already within the workforce and women thinking of their next career step, why tech needs them. We've interviewed women within the variety of different backgrounds and sectors that are already within the tech world, all the way from C-level to founders to HR and people management to developers and engineers and product owners as well to hear about their journeys and discuss all things tech and why they think more females should join the tech industry. So let's begin. and welcome to this week's episode. Thank you very much for joining us. I am super excited for this week's guest. We are joined by the amazing Lisa Stahli, who is a senior software engineer uh, in Switzerland and also co-manages Girls in Tech Switzerland. So for those of you that are based in the Swiss region or even sort of like looking to relocate to Switzerland that are interested in, in uh, opportunities in tech, please check out this organization. They do amazing work in raising awareness of the tech industry for more females and trying to work towards closing that gender gap. We have such an insightful conversation. We really discover motherhood, careers, how to retain your current staff and why we need to have more open talk policies in the workplace. Hi Lisa, thanks a lot for joining us. How are you today? Hi, Valentina. Very nice uh, to be on here. I'm super happy uh, that you invited me to speak a little bit about women in tech. Um, I'm doing really well having a day off today, so super happy to spend it discussing with you. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, thank you so much, firstly, for joining as well. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, I'm actually really excited about this conversation that we're going to have today. So for those listeners at the moment, Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, who are you? What do you do? And yeah, we can take it from there. Sure, I'd love to. So um, I studied engineering originally, um, an engineering field called geomatics engineering. It's not so well known. It's like surveying and so on. And I transitioned from the engineering field into software engineering not being a computer scientist myself, um, but I've always had this interest in web cartography and interactive applications for various um, industries and fields. And nowadays I'm working as a software engineer developing um, 3D web applications for urban planning. Mm -hmm. So where planners can design the future of the city and also share that with the public. Um, so really exciting stuff. And I'm also um, really interested in diversify the tech industry. Um, so together with my team at Girls in Tech Switzerland, I'm also working on um, this mission to just bring in more people with different backgrounds into the tech industry. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so let's track back a little bit. So like wait, what you said at the beginning, and then we'll talk more about the girls in tech in Switzerland. So I think that's actually quite an interesting um, area, which I would like to focus on and get more women to know about. Um, so you, you said you started so like your um, engineering and geomatics engineering, and then worked your way into software, into software engineering. So tell us how you even got into geomatics in the first place. Like what actually inspired you was it like school was it parents like tell us a little bit about yeah about your background really 
Sure. So um, I think I was always really interested throughout my um, whole uh, school career into geography. And I always knew that I'd like to do something with geo in it. So literally when I was looking for fields to study, I just like search for things having geo in the name. And then you come up with like geosciences and geology. And then I saw geomatics and I didn't know what it was because it's not something that you have in school. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I saw, so, okay, it's like a little bit of geography, but a, a bit more technical. And that also attracted me in, in some way, like, oh, this is a little challenge. And I, I was always really um, interested in math and, and physics already in school. And so I just went to um, the study day at university and they told me about the tunnel industry and how they do measurements in tunnels here in Switzerland you know we're pretty famous for like <laughs> long tunnels throughout the Alps and I was so fascinated that I wanted to learn more and that's how I got into geomatics engineering and it was really I just wanted to give it a try and I wasn't even sure I would love it but I did and it was like from the start it was just this perfect combination of geography mm -hmm. and um, geoinformation or computer science basically merged into one field and and that attracted me to, to geomatics engineering and um, so I did both my bachelor's and my master's in that field because I, I found it so diverse and it's such a, a great industry um, and then in my master's I discovered web cartography and I started building these web applications and even apps with maps in it and geospatial content. And I was like, this is really cool. Like I can build something myself. I started really to love coding. And during my master's, I then saw an internship and I was more of a coincidence that I saw an internship with the company that I'm working for mm -hmm. now. And it was a, an internship in interaction design. And I was neither a designer nor a software engineer at the time, but I thought it was such an interesting proposal that I just applied. And I think I didn't fit any of the requirements <laughs> that okay. they gave for the internship or just like really, really roughly. Um, but they thought, okay, let's just invite her and give her a chance. And I think um, that was my, my luck at the time. Um, because when I then applied and I talked with my now um, director, my boss, um, he was asking me, so if we do like a summer internship, like three months, do you have any idea for something that you could develop? And I did. And it was like, again, pure coincidence, because at the time I had to think about my master thesis and I came up with this uh, web app, like an interactive application for citizens to explore data of like very detailed space use in buildings. And I knew that the city had this data, but it was never visualized in 3D. So I had this like idea in my head and he was like, Oh, that sounds like a great proposal and they actually <laughs> um said okay let's do this internship let's try and it turned out great and and i think that was that's kind of how i stumbled into the software engineering <laughs> industry it wasn't really like i had this goal and i wanted to achieve it it was more like i saw the opportunity and i just i went for it <laughs> basically Blimey. That, that's amazing I, th I think i think um what's so good in terms of like your what you've just said as well is you applied for a position that you literally technically didn't fill any requirements or very little requirements right and i think at the moment if we compare if we compare that to um, women in general whether it's in tech whether it's sort of like you know other industries the job specification is like the key thing like indicator that will put somebody off that will, they'll either say yeah i want to go for it because i fit you know the majority of all of those so i think it would be great if somebody looked at that and didn't even fit you know one or two and I was like oh yeah no sounds quite cool like let me still just try it there's very little people that do that and I think and I think it's um I'm not sure so like, with your experience about it as well but I think it's like this risk 
averse thing that we as females have like it's like oh no but what happens if you know I'll, I'll apply and I don't get it well that's just it you don't get it like you know you've tried you move on you go on to the next thing like what's the worst thing that can happen somebody says no and then what's the best thing that can happen somebody says yes like you you know they, they invite you in and be like oh well do you have an idea and, and you know you do or you don't but it's just one of those things it's like if you don't explore or you just take the risk or just like click apply you don't know what's around the corner right like I don't know if you've had many conversations in you know the, the girls in tech that you're currently doing in Switzerland or even so like you know in, in your current position where you're trying to encourage more females just to apply to the position um was, yeah have you sort of like had had any experiences with that at all yeah I, I think there's always like when you look at a job application you have these like heart requirements of like oh these are like the technical skills or like the skill set that you need to bring but there's also the soft requirements to a position right they're also looking for a human not just like a robot to <laughs> like kind of fulfill these technical tasks and I think I mean also for my case it was an internship so the requirements there weren't that many requirements but it was basically what I was looking at when I saw the job application I wasn't really looking at the requirements I was looking at the opportunities that I um like things that I could learn as well and I think there's always a part of learning like whenever someone starts with a new job, even though they might have a lot of technical background already in the field, they will have to learn some things. So I think if companies are only looking for the, like the checklist requirements, like, okay, this person can do this and that, but they're not looking into, can that person actually learn new things or can they uh, evolve? And, and I mean, it can also be a, a, a disadvantage if someone has like too much technical almost depth from previous positions, right? That they're a bit biased and so on. If someone comes with like a fresh mind, an open mind and can learn the things on the job, which was the case for me, right? I basically, I learned software engineering on the job. And I feel like, at least for me, it worked out really well like that to kind of like learn all these skills um, and not having the, the theoretical depth <laughs> in a way, right? Being a limiting factor. But I do see that lots of especially technical roles are usually very intimidating for, for women. They're like, they see the list of requirements and they're like, man, I, I feel only two third and then they will not apply. And, and that, that is a real problem. So if you're wondering why are there no women applying for this particular job, then maybe <laughs> look at your job application and see whether you have this problem because research has shown that women are actually less likely to apply for a job when they're not fulfilling all of the requirements. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, other people tend to just like, yeah, I'll just give it a try. And um, I think this attitude, we like it needs to come from both sides, but right. But it's important that we're aware that um, how people perceive job applications, right? Absolutely. I, th I think, I think um, job specs and, and there's so many courses out there now, um, even so like, you know, as, as a recruiter myself, um, that I also take on in terms of trying to understand what is the best way to attract talent, not just like, oh, okay, um, I'm only, you know, I'm looking for a software engineer and they have to have, you know, three, four years of experience and they have to have this and this and this. It's like, no, make it, make it friendly where the, when the person's actually reading it they can actually visualize what the company is going to be like to work for you know give context about the team and, and the culture give more context about you know what can actually be achieved instead of having this you know essentials you know ha have to have or nice to have and it's just a little bit like make it yeah make the job act and language that you actually use so the person understands 
a little bit of what your personality is also like, right? Because I think language is so, so important. And some of them, and I've read so many job applications as well, where um, you read and you think, right, so at the top, they've got like this one sentence where they're talking about like, the, oh, you know, we're an inclusive and diverse team. And then as you're reading, so like the actual job application, you're like, if I was me, obviously a female reading this, I'm put off by this because it's not reading like you're trying to attract females as well. It's, it's very sort of like one dimensional, very like, yeah, specific. Um, and I've had and I've had loads of like workshops and training as well with, with clients that we work with where we're like, right, you're obviously trying to diversify, you're trying to do this and this and this. It all starts, let's first see what you've actually published online. And they're like, oh, what does that have to do with it? I'm like, that's got everything to do with it. It's like the way you portray your brand and your personality when people are trying to apply, that's like the biggest thing that you can also improve to begin with like that's the first starting point and then obviously other things can come in where they can run events where they can do you know other things but yeah but when, when you're when you're actually sort of like applying to it just remember the language that you're using is that actually reflecting what companies like your culture what you're looking for and what you're trying to bring in because if it's not change it if it is or be you know it needs a few little tweaks tweak it change it um but yeah you hit the nail on the head there because you know in terms of like research when we look back at it it's like You've, yeah, you've got to hit certain requirements, as we said, to uh, from a female's perspective, to be able to be confident enough to apply for it. Um, and again, it, it's about understanding the soft skills. As you said, mate, you, you want to hire humans, not robots. So, are you the type of company that brings people in that have got really good, you know, transferable soft skills that they can then learn on the job, that they can actually then bring into the team? And do they have the right attitude? Do they have the right appetite to learn? Because honestly, those types of people are the best types of people to hire because they will take your company to, you know, destinations that you wouldn't even dream of. Um, because they'll believe in, you know, if they believe in your vision, if they believe in terms of what they're creating, the sky's the limit for them. You know, if somebody gives them that chance to be able to learn on the job, do the software engineering on the job, et cetera, and not having to come from that very technical degree, going to the top universities, you know, um, yeah, I, I, I think from my perspective, it's really just understanding what type of people you're trying to attract. And if you are that company that wants to really build and diversify, you've got to be yeah. able to, to have much broader, um, yeah, spec really in terms of like what you're trying to actually attract to the company myself. So, yeah, so for, from yeah. what do, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so one thing that I also want to ask you a little bit about is, um, so with also with Girls in Tech, we're I mean, the attracting more women into the tech industry is a really big part. But then the other part is just as important and should also be kind of acknowledged by companies is that the women that are already there, Mm. how do you (laughs) make sure that they are happy and will actually stay in the industry? Because it's quite um, shocking how many women between 30 and 40 are actually leaving the tech industry for yeah. various reasons of course um, that can be because they um, I don't know having a family cannot <laughs> basically yeah. combine job and uh, and family or they're just like looking for something else and then I what we see a lot is companies that are asking us oh we need more women how can we attract more women and I'm like, so do you guys already have some women? <laughs> so, and, and what about these? Like, um, I'm always wondering, like, for example, the, I mean, application is one thing, and then you have the whole hiring process. Mm-hmm. If I'm 
applying for a company and I get like a little tour in the office I don't see any women around then I get to meet people during the process and I never meet a female um, maybe other than like the first HR person or something like that um, from like the technical teams I'm just like wondering so why aren't there any women there right it's kind of a chicken and egg problem of course but it's still I think lots of companies first they would need to make sure that those women that you have are they happy are they feeling valued are they feeling welcome um because if they do they'll also shine that out to the outside world and that's like the best thing that can happen to a company if you have an employee that is like actually talking well about your company right goes back to what you were saying with the the image of the company um and i think um, do you have this also that companies approaching you, they're always just looking to attract more women without really maybe asking the women that they already have, like um, what um, they would change? And- absolutely, absolutely. And I, I've had that, that's literally, oh, that, I can't even begin to tell you how many conversations I have like that, like on a weekly basis, honestly. And um, I can, it can become a little bit frustrating because sometimes it's like, well, ha- have you firstly not looked internally? Let's start there. Um, and for me, conversations are always about, okay, well, how many females or, you know, sort of like diverse genders, whatever it, whatever you want to call it, like how many have you actually got currently in the company? Um, and then, you know, some companies will be like, oh, you know, we've got five, five females already within like the engineering team. Okay, great, cool, let's start there. Um, how long have they been there? So I'll try and find out a little bit of background in terms of like, you know, how long they've been there, what motivates them, why did they join, what type of projects are they working on, are they, you know, are you guys building any new products, like what's the actual company goal for the next two to three years, really trying to actually understand the business model and the current setup. Um, and yeah, so they go into detail, they go into detail, and I'm like, okay, 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 cool. Um, and then I'm like, okay, and how many have you actually got, like, in team need positions? I had to, and then and then they'll have like the oh um, well you know n- not many at the moment and not in that and I'm like okay great cool 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 that's fine I'm just like just listening and listening sticking and digging um, and so sort of, like just seeing their reactions because it's one of those things like when they're then talking they're realizing what they're actually saying and then it's one of those like moments like oh shit okay actually um, yeah we could actually be doing more internally we could be promoting more women and then that's when that's when it's, that's where sort of I started and I had I had a um, client the other day yeah as I said so like he's got five females in the engineering team like you know UX also people in the back end etc which was great um and there was this girl that's been there for like about five years in his company um senior engineer senior developer and I said to him um okay so what's like where does she want to go within her career um and he's like, oh well you know she actually enjoys like mentoring you know the junior developers that come in and helping people out and I said okay and have you actually had or like any talks with her about any promotions? Is there an opportunity, obviously, in the company to for a promotion? And he's like, "Oh," and he goes, "Yeah, no, because we've got opportunity for promotions and stuff." And I was like, "So why why hasn't she been promoted? Like, is there a specific reason?" He goes, "No, there isn't a specific reason. I just don't think you know we, we haven't had that that talk with her." And I'm like, "But why? Why? <laughs> she's right yeah. there. Like, she's literally there." And She's been there long term. So, you know, you know that she likes the company, you know that she likes the team, you know that she likes the, the product that you guys are building. Like, why are you not having these discussions with her? Um, and it was one of those moments where like the penny dropped with him. And I'm, I was just thinking, is it because maybe like, yeah, you know, you've just been plodding along that you haven't really, again, sat down and actually thought, how can we scale it to the, 
to the place where we do want to include more women and female. And if if they can't see that somebody who's also worked their way up into team leader roles and into senior management roles and stuff, how are the new people that are coming in going to be able to look up to somebody there or even think, you know, you could be talking about it in the interview. Yeah, yeah, you know, you can, we have great career progressions. It's like, but you're not progressing the women that are already there. So it's like, it, you know, it, again, it's like all of those like chicken and the egg situations that you said at the beginning. It's like, you can't expect to attract more females if you are not doing enough internally to promote the ones that you've already got, right? And many of the, the many girls as well that have like, you know, left companies and stuff, it has purely been by the fact that their managers are not having those discussions or they're not promoting, you know, women to senior positions like leadership positions or, you know, team leads or whatever it is, like C-level, board members, whatever. Um, and it really does come down to that. And then people are, are left, think, and you know, the management team are like, oh, well, she's really good and they were really good, but they didn't do this. And it's like, you never even have a discussion with them. Like, you can't be talking about all of these great benefits, again, quotation mark benefits that companies talk about, when you don't even instill them into the females that you've already got in the company. And I think that's really sort of like where the first thing comes down to. Secondly, in terms of like um, why I've seen a lot of women, especially in the 30s and, and 40s of like leaving the industry, um, a lot of it has come to, to the part where they feel like they've got to choose between career and becoming a mother. Um, and that can be very, very tricky. And, and it's one of those things, it's like it falls back again on the company and trying to see what type of policies have they actually already got in place right um mm -hmm. have they created an a environment and a culture where becoming a mum is actually also you know being promoted that you know you're telling them that it's okay to go have a family and that you're guaranteeing them that you know once they do come back in a year or two years time that the position is still going to be there for them and that you'll ease them again into the transition because obviously you know as you're aware in one to two years time technology changes completely there's like updates every three to six months you know on new versions of, of of programming languages so again it's about do you have something concrete in place where you've discussed it with the females already that are working there if you've got people in in the board members if you've got people in hr are there good enough policies in place that allow allow them to go and have a family freely without feeling guilty about it and um, because so many do they're like I, I didn't know if i can choose between a career and having a family because i wanted to have a family because i was getting old etc obviously we, we as females have a body clock but it, it, it's that pressure of oh well, if I don't go and have a family now, it's going to be too late. Or if I go have a family now, I'm going to ruin my career. And then it's, again, it comes back to that loop of, well, you are the ones responsible for, you know, encouraging people to go and have families and, and assuring them that they, when they come back, they do have a place and assuring them that when they come back, they will be taught new technologies or new things that they've, they've learned. They even sort of like keeping them up to date, you know, while they're on, on maternity leave, it's not that thing of you're on maternity leave now and we're not going to talk for two years. Right. <laughs> it's, it's about, it's about checking in and seeing how they're getting on with their families, checking in and seeing sort of like mentally how they're doing. Are they ready to come back? Do they have any questions? Are they aware of what was happening, you know, in the company already? Um, and it's just, again, sitting back and actually reviewing it. If you're trying to create this, diversity and inclusive culture of bringing people in from you know different backgrounds different industries have something in place that is attractive enough forget you know the the great product that you're building or the, or the great technologies that you're working with whoop to do yes you know every tech company out there is talking about how they're creating the next great thing fantastic but what are you actually going to do to create that unique culture 
What is different about you to your competitors? Why should people join you? And I promise you, the more you have, you know, these policies around not having to feel uh, fearful of going to have kids and having a career and actually very much talking about it openly, actually having discussions about it, you know, in, mm-hmm. in um, company meetups. I think that's really the essential part of it. That's what I've been seeing. And, and there's been there's been loads of companies that we've actually gone away, implemented those types of structures in place, implemented it in terms of when they go and talk to, you know, potential um, females joining in, you know, that their companies, they make it very clear that this is sort of like what we provide. This is, and you'll be amazed how many more females that attracts to their, to their space. You'll be amazed because they, if they see that the employer cares about them, they'll care back. Right. And I think that's currently sort of like my my situation. I don't know if you got if you guys obviously mm-hmm. with girls in Switzerland tech that like had similar approaches or or what you guys thought. Yeah. No, absolutely. I am definitely seeing the same thing. And I think so there's two things that I'd like to come back to. So one thing that you were also saying, like figure out what motivates people to work at your company and I mean it's as simple as just ask them I mean it's like I don't know sometimes it's not that hard like you don't have to bring in uh, hundreds of consultants to find out how to create a unique culture just ask the people already there Um, and then same thing for this and that's the thing the tech industry has been built mostly by men throughout the last 50 years and all these structures in place they work perfectly well for like the kind of stereotypical um, a person working in tech but as you see more people coming in which is a blessing I mean it's like it's really exciting that uh, more people help building these technologies that should be for everybody right um, while you're seeing more different people with different perspectives coming in make sure you ask them like how are you feeling about this how would you like to have your like how how do you want to combine your job and your career do you actually want to advance in your career or are you fine where you are right now just ask people it's not that hard and just having a conversation i feel like this is sometimes really lacking a bit that um especially on a strategic level or management level that those people are not aware of what employees actually want and of course not every employee employee wants the same thing but just like having an idea of how people are feeling, where they want to go to, mm-hmm. and maybe not just have this conversation twice a year when you do assessment of performance, but have it a bit more regularly check in with people. And that's work. Of course, it takes time, but it's just going to save you so much time because people are going to stay with you. They're not going to like leave you after a year because they're not feeling well for whatever reason, right? And you can just have an honest conversation an open conversation about these things it's also and that's maybe a bit of a converse uh, um like something that um i so i'm not like currently looking into having a family or so but i what i'm seeing is like i have women in our company as well like having family and their kind of struggle and not only with with the company sometimes just like legally in switzerland as we know we're lacking behind a lot um and so on and you're seeing this and the the thing is like there's not really an open conversation about the topic in the company because it's a bit of a delicate topic and you don't really like people are scared to discriminate and so on just imagine we'd all have open conversation about this topic with our managers or team leads and so on and they would be aware of what we're looking to build and and so on just imagine i mean that would be so much more comfortable because 
I have so many women, they tell me like, oh, I don't know when to tell my employer that I'm pregnant because I feel like they're going to be angry at me. And like, I hear these things all the time. And it's like, why? Why would someone, I mean, mm. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's not a topic that, that you feel comfortable talking about at work. Whereas yeah. if one of my male colleagues says like, I'm going to be a father in half a year, everybody's like, yay, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. as a woman, you're like, yeah right yeah. <laughs> honestly I, th I think um so i i actually worked uh for a recruitment company um uh in in london and um yeah we had like this topic but, but every time so like it came to families or whatever very similar in terms of like where you know men would be like oh yeah my wife's pregnant and we was like yeah woo, yeah great 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 um and um in so they had they have um we had like offices in london offices in germany and uh, a small office in Switzerland as well. Obviously, German regulations are you can't discriminate or whatnot. As soon as obviously you tell your employer um, that's that, that they, they then have to you know go through the procedures. Whereas in London, it's a little bit different. Um, obviously, illegal to discriminate. Um, but in terms of that fear factor of telling your employer you're pregnant, it really is real. Um, and, you know, they were very typical, like, kpi driven recruitment company got to hit these numbers got to hit these deals blah, blah 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 that if from a female's perspective you came forward and you're like oh i'm three months pregnant and you know not billing not bringing things in because obviously then you know your whole body's changing right you're going through all of these different hormonal changes you get tired you're, you're gonna need to take a little bit of time out and um, it became really quite tricky and um i remember sort of like before also leaving um i was asking in terms of like what are the maternity you know packages and stuff like what what do you what do they actually offer because they never spoke about it and i was like do you even have anything in place because i went and reviewed our contract there was nothing there nothing there about or like really you know about um yeah promoting maternity or saying you can take this time out nothing and um they, my manager then and he, he was great but you know he you know he went back to hr and he was like you know do we have something in place and all of that um, but they, they, they didn't have something that was like very motivating or making you feel like, or actually, yeah, this is, this is the right time for me to go and have a kid. It almost was like, oh my God, if I go have a child now and come back like in nine months to a year's time, am I even going to have a position in place? Like what's going to be expected of me? I'm going to have to go back like full time and going from being with your baby all the time and, you know, growing, growing up with them for the last nine months, to then having to go full time into a 40 hour week. I also think that can be a little bit very overwhelming, leaving your child going back because it's like, oh my God, like, am I doing the right thing? Like, and, and I think if that support isn't there to at least bring you back slowly, ease you into it, get you up to date with everything, I think that's how it sure like needs to be instead of having that pressure of, right, well, when your maternity is up, you have to come back to this. It's like, oh my God. Um, and I wasn't even thinking of having kids back then. It was literally just a thing of a procedure mm -hmm. that I had in, play, in my mind, I was playing in my mind because I was like, actually do we even have anything here um because there were topics that we had as well you know we had like um a lot of females working in, in our back office like in the finance departments and stuff and you know doing all our invoices um and yeah we and it was just us girls like out for a lunch one day and just talking about it and we were like oh my god is there even anything anything there um and i would just remember like having these conversations they um, in germany in the german office they had like loads of females that went out and have babies but they're they're like um, which was this sort of like 
policies were very different to the UK ones. And I don't know why. It's like you're you're the same company, have the same thing, like, you know, company wide, not just for a specific region. Um, but that was quite difficult because it but I've also had conversations like that with candidates that I've been placing in are like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, yeah, congratulations. And they're like, you're the first person to feel really happy. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, so I'm not sure if I should go and tell my employer. I'm like, what are you talking about? Go and tell your employer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to them, I was like, well, is it, is it an environment, have they created an environment where you can freely go and talk to them about it? Right? Mm-hmm. And not just that feedback. Because sometimes they do have that type of environment, but people don't know how their manager will react. So they're a little bit of fear. But as soon as they get it out, it's all great. And sometimes it's the other way around. Whereas as soon as they let that out, everything changes. They're looked at differently. Mm-hmm. They're perceived differently. And it's like, no, like that should not happen. And as an employee, if you're trying to create that, as I said, inclusive environment, have an open conversation because it will be so different. Oh my God, it will be so different. And um, yeah, it's just it's just hard. I, th- I think it is changing. There's there's so many startups that we work with as well that are actually adapting to that and, and they've created those policies very early on. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as they're sort of like scaling their teams and they're very like much of making sure that that's a focus point when people can openly talk about it. But then you also get those companies that have been around for a while that want to change it, but then the procedures of changing it are so long that it's like, well, by the time you've changed it in like six months' time, that person's already left. So, um, you know, but, but what can we do in terms of like moving forward, you know? And I think it's also about that. Yeah, if you messed up in the, in the past, recognise how you've messed up and change it now. Don't wait for next month. Don't wait for next week. Do something now and just open up. And as you said, don't have those one to two year um yearly reviews or you know where you have like a performance review of oh you're doing well you're hitting this target congratulations and off you go it's consistently just talk about it and if you as an employer also sees potential in somebody but they're not aware of it right because sometimes you've got just work at work and then sometimes it's like you know your manager coming up to you and saying hey i've seen that you've done this really well have you actually thought about maybe going into this area because sometimes you don't think about different you know career paths just have open conversations with people if you recognize the potential say hey you know i think you'd be good for this project because i've seen this and this and people will be like oh really great and um, don't just be that employer that just you know sits back observe <laughs> attends that you know one year um yeah events where you're trying to obviously promote new people to come into <laughs> into into your roles at universities and then never again and then have that one to two year you know uh, performance review and then again never again because it's like well you're not being approachable as a person and if you're trying to create an approachable environment I think really that's that's the key the key area to start with mm-hmm. um but have you guys been seeing in terms of like any trends you know in terms of what companies are actually doing right now to promote more diversity and in, in sort of like closing the gender gap especially so like with your girls in in tech in Switzerland tell me a little bit about that part of it like what do you guys actually do to promote it <laughs> yeah for sure um so regarding what we do as girls in tech as an organization is basically we want to be a community a place for women that are already in the tech industry to come to and find like-minded people to Mm -hmm. find learning as well as networking opportunities and um, that's one part and then the other part is really to raise awareness regarding all of these topics that we talked about today already um, but others as well and also 
And I think that's probably the most important part of that, that we are trying to do is showing women in tech and how diverse their roles are, their career path are. So we're trying to highlight these role models in the tech industry that have gone through already like a super exciting career, um, that have been achieving things their way, right? I mean, everybody has like different ways. And, and that's the other thing that we're trying to do. So we're interviewing um, uh, people in the tech industry in Switzerland and they have really interesting career path to kind of like show and, and spread the word. And um, so definitely what we're seeing that also companies are doing more and more to attract women is to not only work internally so that's the one thing that i think every company should start with but that's and and then also bringing out that message to the outside so that people become aware that hey we really care about this topic we really want to diversify and we're actually not just talking about it because that's that doesn't help anybody but we're, we're actually doing things so we've had companies doing events for girls to um, learn about their uh, industry their engineering jobs maybe having a little hands-on workshop to actually get interested in the topics which i think is a really great way to kind of show like you know there's these jobs out there you might not have thought about it for yourself but just try it out and give it a try um see how you like it and if yes i mean and this is really great and it's not i mean if they do these workshops for girls it's not like they're gonna apply like these girls are not gonna apply right away but it sends out a message that hey you're really caring about this topic and you're doing something um and with doing it, i'm also not meaning like these um promotional events where you just like have a couple of nice speakers, but you're actually having workshops, you're putting in effort, you're putting in energy, and you also have people within the company that really make sure you're hitting certain targets. Um, it's not just something that you do for your image yeah. um, to the outside, right? And I think it's coming more and more, and it's, you've already touched, touched a bit on that with the startup scene. I think startups are actually the pioneers when it comes to that. They really wanna make sure that um, they have a good working environment. And then those companies that are a bit more established, they really have to work hard to compete with yeah. them, right? Um, and not just salary-wise, because I that's the other thing that I'm seeing is that um, in the tech industry, you don't have people that are just looking to make lots of money. You actually have people that want to make an impact. Yeah. They want to have a purpose in their work and not just do whatever. Um, and this is where we have to really tap into that. Um, uh, there's still like lots of potential um, hiring females and people with diverse backgrounds into the tech industry that are actually looking for a role that is purposeful that um where they can fulfill sort of also yeah not just like for for the money but actually really do something cool and this is a bit what i'm seeing currently there's still room for improvement there's still lots of companies that don't really care about it uh, or they're just like trying to do the wrong thing um and and they're um but i'm i see like it's changing the, the awareness is definitely i feel like it's increasing every year yeah. um, that industry that the industry as a whole realizes okay we we need to tackle this problem we need to make sure everybody feels welcome we cannot continue like the last 50 years right i think that's definitely something that that we're seeing yeah i, th I, th I think um you hit the nail on the head there lisa in terms of you know firstly talking about you know internally in terms of what obviously everything's happening what impact can somebody actually have i think 
right now when I actually talk to candidates and I've had sort of like a mixture you know over the past five years of it, when I've been recruiting where um you know money's sort of like a, a motivation of course people want to have like a nice living and stuff but the more and more now especially over the last two to three years um people are talking about working with collaborative teams they want to work in an environment where they're working on a very interesting product a that's either changing an industry or having an impact on somebody's life um and I think for them it's like that is yeah sometimes more important than just throwing money at somebody and sometimes companies do that they're like oh yeah you know to keep this person happy just throw a bit more money at them raise their salary by you know five five six seven k and it's like are you joking like if you think if you think that's going to make the problem going away like you're deluded because you're just going to keep you know people are going to leave and you're going to be losing people and they're going to actually one day see that you don't actually care and I've had situations like that where candidates have come back and they've got a really good salary because I'll ask them you know like what's your salary expectations like what you're looking for and they'll explain I'm like oh okay I don't know if they'll be the right fit for this company because they just can't pay the same salary and I'll explain that to them I'm like okay thanks for being transparent but this is currently sort of like the salary range that you know the client that I'm working with is offering and they're like that's fine and then I have to be like, okay, well, let me try and dig in a little bit deeper just to make sure that it's definitely fine. Because sometimes people say, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And they'll, they'll go to the office stage and they'll try and, you know, get it much, much higher when they even, you know, in the first place, but they knew they can't. Um, and their response is like, look, at the end of the day, it goes, I'm looking for something that, that I can actually do that impacts an industry or that impacts an individual's life. Because for me, that's more important than money. Goes So right now, to give you a little bit of context, and I've had conversations where people have been like, to give you a bit of context, my employer has been raising my salary, but not really understanding like what mm-hmm. I want out of my career. They, they haven't been promoting me. They haven't been, you know, giving me X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, ah, okay, that makes sense. Um, and that, and, and a lot of people will take, you know, a step back with a few thousand because that's not important to them. That's not what drives them. That's not what gets them out of bed every morning. And I think people, you know, employees need to actually realize that it starts with the people that work for you understand their needs understand their motivation understand what they care about because if you care about them they're going to care about you twice as more they're going to really mm. put a lot of effort into it because they like the environment that you build they like the product that you're building not oh here you go and but but, but, the, but the salary part of it i think comes comes in a lot more in terms of um from the bigger companies all, all of those that are just like just throwing and throwing it's like well, no just change it change what you're doing and um yeah, that, that that's quite in, that, that's quite interesting to, to try and actually understand what drives somebody because that's I think that's going to be the biggest impact. And as you said, doing workshops for um, whether it's females or for you know inclusive backgrounds where they actually understand that there is a path that they can go into without having that technical degree because a lot of people do think oh maybe we need this we need that it's like no you don't need an engineering background to go into tech you don't um and there's so many different avenues that you can go down to because it's so diverse technology like this you know an engineering team doesn't make up a tech company right you need all of your you know your sales you need your finance you need all of those areas as well your marketing your designers and and um i think when people start realizing that they're like oh there there is a place for me it's like yes there is um there's just you know branch out talk to people and it really is about just talking understand what's happening in the industry understand the latest trends understand so like what companies are doing um but yeah i think i think that's that's been quite quite an interesting part really but how for, for the, going back to sort of to the girls and tech part uh, of it as well um from your perspective have obviously those workshops then been attracting more and more people do people go and talk to others like have you been seeing a trend there in terms of trying to encourage no more females to come into tech 
I mean, I d we don't have, like, we don't track these numbers. Oh, yeah. We don't have like, um, like hard facts about this, but what we're definitely seeing is um, these workshops are just very empowering for, for those people attending them. And like, kind of, as you say, like seeing that there's a place for them in tech and that companies are looking to, to attract more diverse people. I do feel like, um, especially on the people attending these workshops and also just being able to network not only with the company but also with other women maybe having like the same struggles having the same challenges in their career path coming from maybe a different industry i mean there's so many people coming from various industries into tech and i think that's actually really cool because they can bring in their um, experiences from other jobs into tech and that's always like you're bringing that to the table. Even if you're not having an engineering background, all of your experiences, you bring that with you um, and you can apply that to the problems that tech industry has uh, or a company has, right? And I think just understanding that there's others out there with the same kind of goals and same struggles, that just like kind of helps you so much in, in shaping your path. You can, uh, we also see this, this um, that sometimes people get to uh, discuss their challenges, realizing that another person has has the same struggle, and that just makes you feel like, okay, I'm not the only one here. And I think that's that's also something that also as someone already working in tech, sometimes you might end up being the only woman in a team or the only woman in a meeting or something like that. But I'm going to tell you, there's other women having exactly the same problem, but in another company or another uh, industry as well. And you're not the only one and you're not, you don't have to fight this uh, all by yourself. Like we can, we can do this together. And I think that's also where at Girls in Tech, we're trying to give um, these people a voice, right? Um, because not every person is going to stand up and fight for their rights in within their company where we're trying to give them a voice through the organization being like a bigger organ <laughs> in that sense right kind of as a community and and that's been definitely something that that has visibility that companies realize okay look <laughs> we we might also have these these issues within our organization we have to look into that and make sure that women are yeah and then ask women I think and that's the other thing that I briefly wanted to touch on this having a conversation with someone you know you never know but one single conversation can really switch on something with somebody right just one conversation and it can be really basic but you and I've had this happening to me as well that I just needed to talk to someone about something because it was eating me up yeah. inside. And I was like, had this one conversation with someone and it just like changed the, re like the kind of the curse of yeah. the next couple of months and just not taking the time to talk to people, especially. And I, I think that's something that almost everybody notices when someone is like not happy yeah. at their you notice that yeah. just by the way they communicate by the way they interact with others and just ask them like is there something I can do for you like do, would I mean it doesn't even have to be something re really bad it can just be a small thing um and then just like kind of giving them the space to talk about that and it's the same with our events like we're providing a space a safe space where you can bring your issues and talk with others about it and that sometimes is the the starting point of you resolving these issues finding solutions and just 
I don't know, it's really not that hard. Mm-hmm. But seeing what we're seeing is that people really struggle to start these conversations, both with people within their organization, but also outside. And you need to ask yourself, why are you not taking the time to talk to people, right? Yeah. What is holding back? Yeah, honestly, that, that's such a great point. And as you said, like one conversation really can have an impact either that person will realize actually you're not the right company for me or it's just it's not going anywhere or the other way around right where a solution will occur um and and that person or maybe something whatever was eating you up inside that person might not have even been aware of it and they're thinking oh crap okay well thanks a lot for bringing that up Um, and then they'll you know talk to you about it see obviously what they can do about that certain situation um, and then make it better and see it's, it's like two two outcomes and I think yeah, to just talk to people, have conversations and just, I know sometimes it can be a little bit tricky because again, it's one of those topics where a lot of people find it very sensitive. They don't know how to approach it, especially for like it coming from a man to a woman. He's like, how do I, how can I say this to her without it coming across condescending or patronizing, right? Um, but again, it's, it's about just being an adult about it and just having that mutual respect for each other. And just, yeah, in the end, it can work out. In the end, it might not work out, but either way, there's an outcome and you know as long as you know you're being respectful throughout the process if you decide to leave then you decide to leave on, on you know mutual grounds and and, and in a respectful way instead of it being like this keeping it keeping it in and in and in and in and then something just blowing up one day in a meeting in front of everyone you're like oh okay where did that come from um so yeah having conversations is definitely i think extremely important um i think i think you've brought up some amazing amazing points that i think a lot of women are going to be able to relate to these so honestly thank you so so much for that um where can people find you where can people find girls in tech in switzerland tell us a little bit about that as well yeah absolutely um so for if you'd like to reach out to me to discuss any of these topics i'm always really interested to discuss these topics with various people you can always find me on linkedin just um lisa Sterling. Mm-hmm. Um, i'm sure you you guys find me there and then for girls in tech um so we actually we have a website that is called switzerland.girlsintech.org and there you can find all of our events we have a blog where we highlight these role models where we interview people on a regular base we also uh, have you can actually join us um as like a member that just means you're signing up for our newsletter and just every month you get all the news all the events all the cool things that we're doing just to, to stay up to date um so yeah i encourage all of you if you're interested to find a community um, with like-minded women um, already in tech or if you're looking to transition into tech then um, that would be your way to find us and yeah. perfect yeah perfect so I'll put, I'll put the link to your linkedin i'll put the link to the girls in tech as well um once obviously your your episode gets published and then people can can follow that but honestly it's been an amazing conversation um i really appreciate your time i think yeah, let, let's obviously continue working towards, you know, bridging the gender, gender diversity gap. And I think we're, we're definitely, you know, getting there, the, the, the roads and stuff like that are opening. It's just obviously making people aware. And as I said, so like raising that awareness uh, around all of the industries that it is possible. So it's been a pleasure, honestly. I can't wait to see what happens next with you, keeping keeping tabs on, on your career and keeping tabs on girls in tech as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a very exciting chat and thank you so much for your time.